Greetings and love, everyone. My name is Tom, and I'm here with my partner, Marsha, and this is Nashri Libertas. Every Monday night, 7.15, we gather together for Sanctuary. At 7.30, we get started, and tonight is January the 17th, 2022, and it is 34 minutes past the 7 p.m. hour on the Pacific Time Zone. This is the ninth installment of Sanctuary. Marsha, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well, Tom. How about you? I'm doing a very Mercury retrograde. <laughs> we um, had a, a bumpy start, but we are flying now. You didn't need to reference that at all, but I'll let it slide. We are flying high and fast right now. Um, tonight is a wonderful night to come together. We try to pick up. Uh, a reasonable evening during the week. Monday nights are what we ended up choosing because the reflective nature of the moon, right? A very whimsical little reason there that we chose it for, right? Uh, I just want to say thank you for everybody uh, listening to these after the fact and also joining us uh, in person. We like to mention just real briefly that if you would like to be a live participant uh, Monday nights, that you just have to go to buy me a coffee dot com slash nashru cafe and make your donation and you will get a link to participate so with that we can go ahead and get started the whole point of coming together is obviously due to the name we're trying to create sanctuary where maturity and a pragmatic approach to life can really have space to birth and grow and to evolve uh, in the world right now there's strife, there's calamity, there's confusion, there's uh, a lot of, uh, I don't want to call it inversion, but de-evolution. There's kind of a backsliding, to, you know, so to speak. And so with Sanctuary, we can reflect each other uh, in our really positive <laughs> attributes and speak to some of the things that are challenging us if, if we're uh, disposed to. And with that, uh, Marsha really brings through these themes. And so I'm just a guy who's going to try to segue in between these various themes that she's bringing through. Marsha, can you maybe give us a little description of Weave? Because I sometimes intro with that, but I really didn't touch on it at all. Sure. So I weave is just a, a word that spirit has given me and spirit is what I refer to as God outside the body, the part of ourselves that is able to uh, see the expanded perspective and comes from a place of infinite intelligence and infinite love and is able to guide us. And weave is this interaction that we have, this personal relationship with that higher power that also kind of transposes into our physical environment. And so the more that we connect with our inner spirit, um, as well as our soul, which is what I call God. God, you know, in the form, um, we are able to experience uh, what we might call just everyday miracles, because we are simply living in the synchronicity and the alignment, which is weave, which means that our inner world is aligned, which then means our outer world is aligned. There's a tremendous amount of what we might call diversionary uh, energies out there in the world right now where individuals are coming into their self-unfoldment, but then get kind of uh, attracted to a light, kind of like what you might describe with a moth to a, to a physical light. 
And so with this sanctuary space, we're really trying to drill down into the core of what we might speak to as a, our, as our personal revelation. And, you know, if we need to speak to some of these um, false lights out there, or just, you know, gradients of light that are out there in the world right now that may even for a time attracted us and may even be attracting us yet still. Um, this is a personal evolution and everybody is having both a personal weave as well as a collective weave. And I think one of the more, um, I guess, beneficial aspects of what we've been doing with Sanctuary so far is that Marsha is literally bringing through the collective weave for us so that, you know, we can see where that's being reflected within our personal weave. So with that, Marsha, what, uh, what can we look to right now as our as our theme for the collective weave? The theme that Spirit brought through this week is light recognizes light. And we had talked last week about divine companionship and how many people have been feeling isolated, you know, obviously because of what we've been going through as a society for the last two years. But even before that, there was... Um, this bend towards isolation in a way that the soul has never experienced before. And so with 2022, the frequency of 2022, this light recognizing light, we're going to find that as we kind of move about the world, uh, those people who are also standing in their light are going to see us. And it's going to be kind of this instantaneous connection. And it might just be eye contact. It may be a smile. It might be a brief conversation while you're standing in line, but you're going to walk away feeling like, to use the word weave, that you may have woven the universe in a span of two minutes because God is going to use those of us who are aligned to that sourced power to purify the spaces that we go to kind of, you know, cleanse every place that we go through the spirit that is moving through us. And when we recognize another person doing that, it amplifies the power to the, you know, the nth degree. And so we're going to kind of find an ease to some of these, these feelings of heaviness or isolation that we've been feeling um, in some of these, you know, more, what we might call mundane or ordinary interactions, but they're going to come kind of packed with this, you know, soul power or this energy that infuses us with life force. And it's coming at a really important time because right now spirit said that we are experiencing uh, a lot of symptoms of what spirit calls the inverted matrix or the matrix that serves uh, the self and does not serve the soul. It's not a service to others matrix. And we can only live in it for so long. And we've been doing this for thousands of years before we are completely exhausted. And so some of the symptoms that the collective is experiencing right now is non-localized anxiety. So this feeling of just like, you know, you know, like walking through a haunted house at all times, even if you're at, you know, the bank or the supermarket, this feeling of never being able to be fully settled or within one's self. There's also been these experiences that we talked of um, a couple of calls ago. I think it was the recognize the hijacked call where there's instances of mind wiping and forgetfulness to the point where people are like, you know, it's more than I went into a room and I forgot what I was going in there for. It's like I walked into my life and forgot who I was for a second. It's, it's extreme. Um, 
body issues, digestive issues, skin inflammation, restlessness, irritability, trouble sleeping. Uh, Spirit called it the rage button getting triggered. So like walking through your day hunky dory and then all of a sudden like, you know, Hulk smashing, wanting to like, you know, be like, got to take some deep breaths now. So this rage button getting triggered just out of nowhere. Um, confusion and fogginess of thought. So this feeling of not being able to really anchor something or to bring it fully down to the earth plane because our sixth chakra is, is just clouded or confused. And spirit speaks to this is all coming from this saturated environment that we're kind of being hit on all sides and it's causing psychic exhaustion. It's causing fatigue, depression, empathy, overload, and it's causing people to feel untethered without direction. And spirit called it at the edge of our limits with no personal resources or power. So that's very like, <laughs> it's not, not a lot of good news, right? From the human perspective. And yet, those are all symptoms of us living in the inverted matrix and using that as our authority. The second that we begin to shift our authority to our inner realm and to our divine sovereignty, all of that can shift instantaneously. And that goes back to that miraculous healing that we talked about in other calls. And so we have the choice to kind of flip the switch on this, but it also helps to know that when we're experiencing these things, that it might not always be as personal as we think. And that when we can kind of detach from um, maybe the suffering that it might be causing in our personal experience, we can uh, kind of develop the quantum charge to uh, transform it and also move beyond it. So those were um, the first things that Spirit wanted to talk about, really just a recognition that this is not the easiest time to be alive on earth. And yet we can shift these symptoms in a heartbeat um, with just some practical and easy uh, grounding techniques, some anchoring tools. We can talk about those, um, but that we also just really have to have the decision, you know, within ourselves to turn inward and to shift the authority that that's the biggest, you know, decision of all. Very excellent. I think uh, one of the more reoccurring themes with sanctuary is that we try to depersonalize that which is, you know, triggering us emotionally in attempting to get bigger than it so that, you know, whether it's a kind of like a game theory or a dream, you know, being uh, orientation that you need to take to, towards your, your weave, that you always have the free will choice to up weave it, meaning make it what, you know, you desire, make it what is feels good, what make it what is of a higher frequency. And it all takes place within your, you know, eye of awareness. And, um, you know, another theme that we touch on is meeting yourself every day, uh, whether in nature, whether in a form of meditation, um, whatever is your personal flavor, the symbol symbology is that we ourselves are the Holy grail. And that as a cauldron, it's our duty to, you know, essentially clean the bugger so that the remnants of the world aren't sticking to the inside of our cauldron. And, you know, as this, practice takes place. And as you meet yourself every day, you'll find that, you know, we've, we've loves a clean, a clean space to, to come flow into. Uh, when we neglect that, you'll find, you know, like Marcia mentioned, 
sometimes it's very difficult to anchor in your weave. You just feel like you can't bring anything through or down. And uh, again, general anxiety, general malaise, general depression. Um, as a collective, we're possibly all going through this right now. A lot of people will speak to Mercury retrograde or um, other planets you know, having this, uh, you know, degradative collective effect on us. Um, okay, no problem. If that helps you depersonalize it, that's a beautiful, beautiful way to go about it. So, um, again, nature, grounding, earthing, um, anchoring, I guess. Marsha, what word did you just use a little bit ago? I thought it was grounding, but maybe something different. I think I said grounding, but really like any way that we can connect with the natural landscape, whether that be through barefoot, you know, bare feet on the earth, barefoot walking, putting our hands on trees or sitting underneath them. When we touch a tree, our palm chakra is connected to our heart chakra. So we're, we're connecting with the heart frequency in that way. Um, just going outside in general, even if it's just for like a 10 minute break, um, if that's all that you can, you know, swing, um, it, it makes such a big difference. Um, and not letting the ego tell you that it's not going to make a big difference. I think that's a big one is that we get these little nudges and we're like, meh, you know, I'd rather distract myself with, you know, looking at this or doing that. And it might feel to the ego like it's too simple to make a big difference or, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why the ego will make up, you know, to not do the simple thing. But those simple things are actually what shifts the most in this in this new reality. So listening to music, getting out of this collective thought matrix that's kind of always trying to overlay onto our own brain, um, recognizing that most of our thoughts are not even our own thoughts. And that when we meditate daily in whatever way feels joyful to us, you know, we don't have to have that mental landscape constantly, you know, hacking away at us. Um, and the music really helps to create a celestial realm um, in our environment rather than, like I said, that mental matrix mind overlay. Spirit also talks about reaching out. Um, you know, when we're in that space, it can feel absolutely impossible just to text someone or to like, you know, smile at someone. And yet that little gesture, Spirit said, will, you know, jump, make, you know, leap over the mountain um, in ways that we might never have thought possible. And like I said before, following that nudge, just not ignoring um you know, that tiny little impulse, you know, as, as subtle as it might be, might lead us to the greatest partnership or, you know, seeing a flyer for something that, you know, sparks our passion, um, you know, just getting us at the right place, right time. If we're not listening to those nudges, if we, we talked about before, just kind of sitting in front of the screen all day or moving to the next screen, we're, we're really missing a lot of opportunities that are being presented to us right now. And one of the opportunities that we have, uh, you know, we keep on going over this seemingly every single sanctuary, but it's the contrast between consumer uh, consumption energy versus creatorship energy. And this can be drilled down upon even within your mental construct where, you know, you're literally in a consumption mode with your own thoughts. Um, that's something that even the most, uh, adept spiritual person gets caught up in. Uh, there's no, uh, like just 
place that you know cliff you get to jump off of and after that you don't struggle with your thoughts anymore it's generally um life in the world impresses upon you this need to function within your personality so be it give yourself forgiveness within that we all have to do that the trick is, is to catch yourself when you're actually consuming the byproduct of your thoughts instead of maintaining this creatorship awareness where, you know, the, the nigglings, the weaves, the little nudges, those can be felt more uh, sensitively. And maybe there isn't so much of a rage button anymore. It's more like a rage dial because you can actually feel these little nigglings of emotion welling up inside of you that it doesn't go from zero to red line right away. And that's one, you know, fantastic reason to, to meet yourself every day and to clean your Holy grail so that, you know, we can fill your cup, you know, without any, without any deleterious adult adulterations, you know, um, Marshall, when we're in creatorship, and we're, well, how to say it, like right now, there's just signs everywhere that we're just in this dense, swampy collective phase. When you're striving for creatorship, does everybody have a technique that works? Is there a general technique that can bring you back into it? You know, this is the real struggle point. So what can we give people as like the secret recipe? Or is there even one? I feel presence is really the only thing that's going to keep us anchored moving forward. And if we start to feel our presence lapsing, if we start to feel ourselves thinking thoughts, then we need to get our feet on the ground. We need to get our bare feet on the ground because there is a way to stay in your personality self connected to your divinity where you're not having thoughts and you're not having to massage you know, what's coming out of your mouth or how a situation's going to go. You don't have to plan in advance, you know, how something's going to take place when you're present. You simply show up and you, you express from, you know, the place that you are and in the most loving way that you can in that moment. And I think that not only shifts the weave around us, but it, it, it keeps us in a frequency where we're not being, uh, harassed by this this mental matrix and I remember the first time that I experienced a mind without thoughts and I turned to someone who I knew had experienced that for some time and I was just like is this are you for real like have you lived like this for years because it was so peaceful and I didn't know that it was possible that we could live as a personality without having to have the corresponding thoughts that go with that. But it is, it does take a great deal of what we might call work to get ourselves into this momentum to have this quantum charge that allows us to keep dropping back into our presence, to keep reminding ourselves what that core is. Because, you know, so many of us have experienced so many overlays that our personality is a personality upon a personality at this point. And so there's a lot of kind of peeling the way of the layers that, you know, will allow us to kind of walk and stay in that embodiment of presence. And it, like you said, it comes from wanting to connect to your inner self more than you want to connect to the world or its opinions of you or, you know, your status within it, et cetera. And that's, you know, that last part is absolutely precious because the world right now is literally uh, 
marginalizing people. It's creating these false um, boxes and partitions for people to assume that they're going to be forced into. Um, the amount of tyrannical uh, abuse around just separating people artificially, you know, creates this mental um, prison, more or less. And so to drop into yourself is to literally say to hell with all that for right now. Uh, I might be a not essential when I go out into the world, but when I'm right here meeting myself, all of that is, is absolutely dissolved. And, uh, you know, this is, this is fortitude. This is the definition of personal fortitude. And Marsha broke it down. There is no secret recipe. It's literally personal presence. And when you slap that, you know, kind of uh, uh, broad label, I almost said bland, bland label of meditation. It's a broad label. All you're doing is meeting yourself. You don't have to establish no mind or Zen. That's not the point. The point is to bring your focus inward. And, you know, I can speak as a representative of someone who attempts this all the time, but is one of the most busy minded, personality oriented individuals ever. And I struggle with even the most basic forms of meditation where you're just trying to maybe just focus on a, on a symbol, on a little flame of light in your, in your mind's eye. Um, trick is to just meet yourself every day and to not have any type of judgment on yourself or even really expectations about how your meditation practice is going to go. Right. It can also be like your meditation could be coloring. It could be taking a walk outside. It could be dancing. It could be journaling. It could be taking photography. Like everyone's way that they connect with their, their true heart is different. And it might be different based on the moment, based on the day. But I think when we think of meditation being like, you know, sitting there, you know, ch chanting Om, it, it, it's hard for people to understand like it's hard for people to kind of fit into that. But when we can say like, well, meditation is any, anything that allows you to listen to God, you know, anytime that you're going to stop talking, whether that's talking in your thoughts or talking in prayer, whatever's going to let you listen to God, that's your meditation. Well stated. And that's why uh, music is such a wonderful catalyst for when you are so blocked from your divine aspects um like marcia mentioned sometimes it's ridiculously hard to just reach out to someone to communicate on a basic level the intuitive sense is that you would love to make deeper connections you would love to have um you know, similar energies around you that are in other people, not just in your inner world and your, your inner aspects. So I totally can, um, I was going to say empathize, but I can totally, you know, just hug you and say, yeah, I'm going through that too. And a lot of us that got yanked out of the matrix when, you know, other deep events happened way back when, you know, it's been a long road of just trying to stay true to what you know is true. And here we are now, a little bit of a widespread revelation happening. A lot of people get ripped out of the matrix, but because they're not listening to sanctuary, they're not creating a sanctuary for themselves. So um, bless them all and let's invite them in and uh, 
Marshall, let's segue. What do we have for the next theme? Well, spirit never leaves us hanging with despair or, you know, inverted matrix symptoms. And so the remedy is really having faith in this divine process. And the lyrics that came through here were, when that storm comes, don't run for cover. Don't run from the coming storm because there ain't no use in running. When that rain falls, let it wash away. Let it wash away that falling rain, the tears and the trouble. And this feeling uh, that I've had multiple times in the last probably four to five months that we've talked about on other calls where there is a divine charge coming to this planet. And from what I've seen, it looked like a cornfield that was being just completely just like blown over by wind. And the only thing left in its wake were the children, the animals, and the divine adults, like the adults standing in their alignment, in their own inner authority. And everybody else was kind of cowering on the ground, looking up almost like in fear. And what I had gotten from spirit with that vision is that anything that is built on false ground is not going to make it through the frequency of 2022. And there is a lot, as we know, built on false ground right now. And so one of the things that came up at this part uh, was that we are easing out of habitual behaviors, situations, and relationships that drain our life force. And this is personally, but this is also collectively. We have a lot of systems that have not been working for humanity and for the soul in service to others for a very long time. And so we are collectively moving out of those systems. And personally, we're going to find things that might've been really challenging to let go of, like we were really holding on tight to them, just are simply falling away with ease now. This could be people, these could be old careers or ways of living, habitual behaviors. And the lyrics at this point were, I've given you up, I've forgiven it all, you've set me free. So this feeling that we're letting go of everything that was holding us back. And of course, to the ego, that's terrifying and panic inducing because it believes that if it lets go, it will have nothing. But when we let go, we actually create this beautiful void space that allows that which we actually truly desire to be magnetized toward us. And so we're really being asked to have faith in this process. This is a much bigger story unfolding. And if we're feeling overwhelmed, spirit says, ask for divine intervention. We must ask due to the law of free will. So God will never usurp what we desire for ourselves. That is why we have to seek assistance. And the second that we do, that invisible help from the universe arrives. And spirit wants us to know that collectively, this is no longer a situation which can be set right by humanity alone. And yet it will be the divinity that comes through humanity that sets this right. And we're really being encouraged to spend time in contemplative prayer, that something bigger is unfolding that benefits both humanity and the earth itself, and that we are the instrumental divine conduits in this design. We are encouraged to have faith in the benevolence of life. And here I heard the survivor shows catchphrase, outwit, outplay, outlast. This feeling from Mother Earth that she's going to do all three of those things. Um, and that there's nothing that we can do or the powers that were can do uh, to prevent her from having the last laugh in this. 
We are being encouraged to be curious about what is taking place without assigning judgment. That's a very hard thing to do when everything, you know, feels like it's collapsing in. And yet I'll repeat it again because spirit brought it through very loudly. Be curious about what is taking place without assigning judgment. This is an opportunity for us to be moved to the next chapter in our collective story. And we must trust that we cannot miss what is meant for us. And it's time to have fun and faith in the process. So we're, we're going to where we want to go. Like we're going to get there and how we get there is up to us. We can kind of go kicking and screaming or we can sit back and kind of drop back into that presence that we were talking about and allow ourselves to be kind of gently carried down the river so that we are not experiencing so much of the symptoms of clinging to something that is dying, which is that inverted matrix and the systems uh, and societal uh, beliefs and patterns that go with it. Yeah, really great advice. And I'll just, you know, tag on to that, that, you know, within the mode of staying in your own lane, we're way past the mode of trying to help other people realize what's going on or to have any type of form of, of critical thinking in this. It's really, really important that you, you know, don't uh, assume the role of helper to anyone else in their, in their mode of understanding or uh, how they're orientating themselves to things, because that right there will um, kind of, uh, It'll, it'll hijack your weave. I was going to say boycott your weave, but it'll definitely boycott it, but it'll hijack your weave. And, you know, it creates a karmic uh, entwinement. And so for right now, uh, what Marsha just said, where you're literally observing what's going on around you, uh, maintaining a mode of curiousness about it, but not having any judgment. And, you know, that's the key part because, for you to have a thought that you're going to help someone understand something better or more fully, you have to basically have a judgment that they're not understanding something well enough already. So already, you know, the idea comes from a sense of judgment already. And so if you're out there in the world saying, oh, man, if I just say this, maybe they'll this, you're already having thoughts. And, you know, that's. Marsha already talked about that when you're staying in the pocket, when you're staying present, you will get nigglings about, you know, when, when the appropriate thing to bring something up. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, Marsha has brought this up a few times, actually, where you're actually asking someone a question, you know, you'll find yourself like, I've always, you know, asked myself this, and you'll kind of like, throw out a generalized question that you use to ask yourself that you're not even really posing it to them. You're just mentioning it as a, as a general question you've used to stay curious. And all that does is represent that curious mode. You don't really need to come up with a darn answer and you just need to stay curious about it. So I just thought I'd bring that on because your relatives, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, the people that you are friends with, a lot of times they're, they're really, really, you know, kind of being of the world. We'll just say it that way. They're being of the world. And it's just so easy to bring it to their attention, but that's not your role right now. So don't hijack your weave by thinking it is. And by staying curious and posing questions, you allow a dialogue to be created where both parties are offering energy to the bridge. Whereas with 
taking sides, being in polarity, everybody has to defend their territory. But being inquisitive, just being like, hey, what's your, what are your thoughts on this? Or how did this strike you? Now you have, you've created a, a, a heart bridge. You've created a frequency that both people can now, you know, choose how far they're going to, to walk across. Very excellent. And that's the real um, intuitive sense is when you're delving into that polarity uh, dynamic with someone else or with a group. I know that just going out in public, it kind of forces you into this polarity construct where, you know, you're going to perform a ritual because the one side of the polarity says that's what we do now. And so you constantly have to be in this mode of uh, maintaining your free will versus, you know, being in the worldly weave. So um, there's no right and wrong. That's, that's the obvious point to make right there. There is no right and wrong, but there certainly is a, a, a impersonalized way of, of going about things where you're literally just using your mental ideation to make decisions about what you should do. And, uh, you know, we come, come to the question of, what are you actually using to inform yourself, meaning form your internal uh, world, your internal architecture, your landscape? That right there is got to be presence. The answer has to be presence because if it's anything other than presence, um, we're dealing in fables and they're mental fables. And, you know, I, I can relate to that. I'm, I'm literally the king of mental fables. So, um, don't get caught trying to get other people out of their mental fables and maybe even just accept the fact that when you go out in the public, there's a certain modality of participation that you're just simply going to have to deal with until, as Marcia brought up, we start seeing this turning of the tide of the collective, you know, collective interpretation of things. Well, one thing that you brought up regarding it being ritual, I think that's so important to remember because it's easy to see that it's ritual and get really irritated by it, feel oppressed by it. But if you can view it as ritual and then you can make a ritual on top of it, then you have taken all the power out of it. Like, for example, you know, Nashri Libertas has these these crazy designs, you know, that Tom has named with even crazier names. And I bought several of them as bandanas. And when my daughter and I wear these bandanas, they're so disarming that you feel like you're in clown world, you know, just wearing them. And so it's like it changes. It's like it changes it to Toys R Us or something. It changes it to some kid like frequency that it doesn't have that same power that like, I don't know, that that performing some ritual thing where you just know you're like becoming part of the cog or part of the system. Um, I think we all kind of have to find ways to be playful and childlike within something that is trying to, you know, limit or give perceived limits, I should say, to your freedom and to your decision making as an adult. Well, I can certainly um, relate to that. I also have a very disarming Nasher Libertas face covering, and uh, I don't pretend it's not a diaper, but I also, you know, pretend that I'm Zorro when I when I wear that thing, you know, and, um, you know, some people will even say kind of like uh, to uh, playfully that 
wearing the face ritual uh, diaper forces you to practice smiling with your eyes. And so we're, there are some people that have literally said over the past two years, they've learned really how to be more heartfelt because of the obvious visual boundary that's been created. You're using like a wider apparatus of your physiology. And part of that is your intuitive heart sense. And so um, maybe there's a silver lining to all of this. And maybe we can literally ask ourselves to cultivate a heart sense when we put on this silly ritualistic covering, you know, it's, it is what it is, but as Marcia said, we can up weave it. Well, it's showing, you know, it's really showing, you know, how little the emperor is wearing at this point. And, uh, Oh, total mind wipe. As soon as you talk about the emperor not wearing clothes, is that interesting? <laughs> but I was going to say like it, it, it really has broken down any last vestiges we had that this was like a real thing. It's, it's really showing me or it's shown, I feel like it's showing all of us who the true essentials are, you know, who um, we actually really need to create the world we want to live in. And it's, it's definitely not the people who, you know, currently are perceived to be in charge of it. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, things obviously keep on getting more and more absurd. And, you know, when you finally uh, bridge over the tip of the kind of like human identity hill, you you actually relish absurdity because you know that that's the conveyor belt that all of this moves on. It literally moves on absurdity. So when you see something not making any sense at all, or even going against what would be considered lash, logical or rational uh, course and decision making, you can just say, "Wow, there's another example of how this is you know going in a direction that we all literally need it to go." So again, this is refraining from judgment and just taking you know acknowledgement of the change absolutely uh segue 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 what do we have coming through for the next theme well i have a, a little story i was walking by the river and um I think it was on Sunday and or I guess it must have been Friday because it was a school group, a group of kids and uh, they were eating lunch outside. And as I was walking past them on the path, the teacher was telling a story and she said, eventually everyone was summoned into the forest and turned into a tree. And as she said that the trees like all smiled around me like, mm hmm. And what I got from that was that the trees hold wisdom, they hold embodiment, they hold presence. And right now humans are too distracted to want to turn into a tree. You know, we're, we're too uh, locked into this, this mental matrix to really crave that stillness, that space, that, you know, that just richness that trees just naturally offer us that, you know, so many people, you know, just walk right past without even being grateful for the fact that, you know, we're breathing because of these beings. And so um, this everyone summoned into the forest and turned into a tree really felt like something was going to come from within that it didn't need to come from somebody outside, you know, telling us what to do, whether it's friends, family, government, religion, et cetera, that everybody was going to get this, this inner, this inner knowing. Now, of course you can distract yourself and turn away from it, but it was, 
coming in a much louder way that would be much harder to ignore. Spirit referred to it as a deep knowing. And like we talked about earlier, getting our bare feet on the ground, touching or sitting a tree, getting our palms connected uh, to the tree, all of these things help connect us to this, this natural frequency, these light codes that are pouring into our planet every day, but that most of us are not even gathering because we're not leaving you know, the four walls or we're moving to another set of four walls. And so we're really being uh, encouraged to recharge our batteries and to do that by being in nature. And if we can't be in nature, to be with a plant or to meditate on a scene, you know, we there's so many different ways that um, we can tune into this frequency that the minute we have the desire to do so. We're also being encouraged to set energetic boundaries, that being very open psychically right now, if you're a very sensitive or empathic person, you're going to have, you know, so much de debris to kind of have to sort through. So being very firm with our energetic boundaries, having that daily devotion to soul, and knowing that we can not consent to these lower vibrational energies. We can, you know, say, I do not consent, and we can trust in that boundary that we are creating. So the last thing from spirit at this part was that we're coming back around the bend, that 2020, 21, and 22 are all overlays of this unbroken circle. And Spirit's asking, what did we learn? What did we get from the revisioning process of 2020? What came through our spiritual adulthood of 2021? And what do we seek to experience within divine companionship for 2022? And that's uh, really something that, uh, again, dwells in judgment if you find that your empathic parts are really under uh, oppressive state right now um you know it's it's a matter of make, getting bigger than the situation if you really are feeling that it's overwhelming um you know it's important to ask for help it's important to gain a you know move the energy by finding someone else who shares your sensitivity and just let them know what you're going through. Just that can move the energy. It's these little tiny gestures that can sometimes make the biggest, biggest impact on your, you know, personal orientation and, and feeling within all of it. So don't ever underestimate what the smallest little thing. And this really is like the most ridiculously small thing. Like if you're sitting somewhere and you just get up and move an object and do it with the utmost intent, literally that can be the little thing. It doesn't have to be super pivotal in your life. It could be the most mundane little thing. And that's the it's whole, how you do it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's how you intent. do it. So um, don't ever, you know, that's what little kids, you know, you'll notice that they do the smallest little thing is just to amuse themselves. They don't have a judgment around what it is or how it works or who cares, you know, it's just, it feels good. And that's kind of what we need to participate in with this, you know, it feels bad. What is my, what is my action to move the energy? So um a lot of times you get stuck in like trying to find ideas like what is the best idea to move the energy well that's that's not gonna help out at all um segue here marcia what do we have coming on 
Well, Spirit had talked about this unbroken circle where we had these three years to really kind of get to know ourselves at a much deeper level. And the first question from Spirit is, did we give in to the thought virus because it was heavily contagious? Um, so just acknowledging that there has been a mass psychosis, a mass hypnosis. And if we have made it through the other side uh, without, you know, uh, becoming part of that, then we're being given, you know, a round of applause because spirit is saying, you know, that thought virus, that spiritual virus is no joke. And spirit's also acknowledging that in the last uh, two years, two and a half years, we have all been moving through what spirit calls energetic flu. And this leads to physical and spiritual DNA upgrades. And when the body moves through these cellular levels, spirit says the untruths cannot survive this. Layers of the false self are like sloughed away in the process of these energy flus. And so we may have been you know, ill with, with uh, what we might perceive as a physical virus or toxins leaving our body. And spirit is encouraging that all of these things, when viewed through the lens of good, uh, through the lens of God, we can trust that these are actually leading us to greater evolution, that the most contagious thing we could have caught in the last two and a half years was this spiritual thought virus. And it's also the hardest thing to get rid of. And yet, as we talked about through daily devotion, through prayer, through connecting with our inner self, all of that just poop, you know, just poop goes away the second that we are connected and, and going inward. And the lyrics at this point in the meditation were, if we want a garden, we're going to have to sow the seed, plant a little happiness, let the roots run deep. If it's love that we give, it's love that we reap. I want a house with a crowded table and a place by the fire for everyone. Let us take on the world when we're young and able and bring us back together when the day is done. And this felt like the all call from the human soul that so many more of us want this garden. We want this crowded table and this place by the fire for everyone. And we're just distracted. We're distracted by, you know, all of these little dramas that get thrown out for us to gobble up. And when we're in our presence, when we're in our truth, we can see with eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that knows. And we don't find ourselves part of that, you know, hungry, hungry hippos, I'm dating myself type of game. And so while we can think that this, there's this big answer outside of us, Spirit is saying the answer is actually really simple, that when we're feeling that we're part of this inverted matrix, or we're feeling some of those symptoms of isolation or depression or heaviness, that it's time to lend a hand. And the lyrics at this point were, when you're all alone, it's a quiet breeze. But when you band together, it's a choir of thunder and rain. Now we have a choice. Stop living a lie and stand up next to me. You've got to put one foot in front of another with a hand in a hand holding on to each other. So really another confirmation from spirit that this is not going to happen in isolation, that this is going to happen with us linking arms and that this is the year that we are really being called inwardly and outwardly to do so. That our greatest expression of spirit is to love and serve others and that we often mistake service for rescue and that that's why service can feel so heavy because we're actually rescuing someone uh, from what we perceive is happening to them or going on with them. Whereas spirit said true service 
emerges as an act of great spiritual power, um, whereas rescue comes from the fearful ego. So the questions here are, where am I being called to serve? Where can I lend a hand? And we are not to let ourselves be distracted from true service. So it goes back to that whole, are we consuming? Are we creating? And we don't have to be, you know, physically creating something. We just have to be in our presence, co-creating with our source awareness. That's really what spirit means by creating. And lastly, um, spirit says that when we do our part to help those around us, it allows us to become stronger in spirit. And so it might be hard to initially reach out or to lend the hand or to hold that door for someone if we're feeling low, but just through the act of doing so, we shift the entire weave. And the last lyrics of this part were, I was a healer. I was gifted as a girl. I laid hands upon the world. And this feeling from spirit that all of us coming together now can lay hands upon the world, that we are the healers, that we are the gifted, and that we are the ones that came to change this. And so the very last thing is this offering of security from spirit, that there is a secret pathway through this matrix that is connected to the divine womb of Mother Earth. And when we call on the Holy Spirit, we are granted this portal for transformation. And it appears out of nowhere in the moment that we ask for it. And we can trust that we are safe and protected no matter what is occurring in our outer world. And that once we've taken measures to protect ourselves spiritually through prayer and through meditation, and the ones we love, we can let go and trust there's no longer any need for hypervigilance. We can turn it over to God and to spirit and trust that our security is being upheld. And so this feeling from spirit that this deep knowing that we're going to have this year, uh, this ability of light recognizing light, our ability to really make these kind of spontaneous connections with others who are holding the same frequency is going to lead to uh, a feeling of soul security and of freedom and of companionship in a way that we may have never yet experienced. Yeah, yeah. I'll do a little golf clap to that. Um, at this juncture, we generally like to open up the floor and see if there's any comments or questions or feedback. Um, we also like to give everybody the opportunity to just voice their grievances because the world is a quagmire right now. So we're all experiencing things, whether we bring them up or not. There's something in particular you'd like to just share with everybody and we're very much open to it. And if we don't, oh. Go ahead, go ahead. We I'll yield the floor. I was just <laughs> I was just unmuting. I was kind of hanging back wondering if someone else would unmute first, but this is Heather. And um I'll admit I fell into a deep sleep. You're not boring me, I promise. The last time I fell asleep and told you all you said I was boring. You were you were boring me, but you weren't. I, it was a deep download. <laughs> um I wanted to report something well it was helpful for me to to hear you marcia telling us about the symptoms of uh living in the inverted matrix um because i think everybody was like yes 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 when you were saying all of that um over over the past couple of weeks two or three weeks particularly i was having really heightened anxiety um 
And it was mostly physical anxiety. My mind felt pretty good. Um, emotionally, I felt pretty good, but my body was reacting and that kind of makes me go, huh, what is this? You know? So that was awesome for me to hear you explain that. Um, but I had a, a moment, oh, maybe three or four nights ago where I finally just hit my threshold and I found myself just weeping on the bathroom floor, just sort of begging for some release from all of it. And I woke the next morning feeling really okay and calm. And I felt really, really calm. Not, not like it just, it felt like a blessing. It felt like I had been heard and that some tension has been lifted. So I want to just encourage anybody out there. If you're reaching your threshold, don't forget to ask just like what you were saying, Marsh about, asking, you know, for the divine intervention. I think we've all been, there's been so many years where we have had, I don't know if I want to call them unanswered prayers, but maybe we're asking for the wrong things. And so then you don't get anything, any kind of, uh, answer or any, or maybe the answers just take a long time, but right now, whoo, it's hot. It's hot. It's like this, you know? So I really want to just um, report my good news and I want to encourage others to remember to ask and, and I'll leave the floor. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I've noticed a lot quicker turnaround with, with this energy as well. Um, I'm not entirely sure what that is yet. It could just be this expansion of light that's, you know, coming in, but um, I will take it. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Heather, for offering that yeah it's kind of like a slogan here where it's like give into it and the amount that you can give into it is what you'll get back out in answers to your prayers uh, there's definitely something to that there's not really any good words you know that's that's the stuff of poetry right there it's like what you put in is what you get out obviously and as a personality we're constantly <laughs> constantly trying to just segregate ourselves you know the idea of something separates us from it immediately so we're stuck in idea land in the matrix and so sometimes when you just give into the emotion you know it it literally is the vacuum that finally sucks us out of idea land and, and allows the grace to come in um yeah, because we're finally not grasping. I think, you know, I'm definitely someone who will give something 86% away while, you know, desperately clinging to the 14% that remains. And so, you know, we think we might be willing to let something go, but is all of us willing to let it go? And often all of us isn't until we're, you know, weeping on the bathroom floor. But it's in those moments that we have those beautiful moments of surrender that, you know, like, like you said, offer that space of grace to come in yeah really uh really a beautiful experience to share with us because it's it's almost like the universal human um dynamic where you just we're all carrying the world on our shoulders and we finally reach that that breaching point where the wave finally cro crosses over the rampart and uh if it, if it allows you to dissolve your personality self for a little while, I know that for me, uh, when I reach that point, I become extremely aware of my arrogance and my entitlement. 
and I find myself just, you know, in this mode of repentance, like saying, I'm so darn sorry for how arrogant and uh, just expectational of the world inside of my personality. I walk around with such a highfalutin um, kind of air about myself. And when I finally, finally break all the way down, I can get in touch with that and just be like, oh boy, that really is. I don't want to judge it, but boy, oh boy, I'm playing with fire and I probably could get burned. So definitely can empathize there. Marsha, is it totally beneath us to, you know, let everybody else know how they can get their disarming face covering or some other wonderful uh, gift or houseware with the Nashri Libertas designs? There's <laughs> nothing that you love more than shouting out logos. So yeah, you be my guest. I just didn't want to be beneath us. It really is something that we suck at, which is self-promotion. And um, Marsha is doing a really wonderful job with these things that uh, come out as just kind of a, it's a disorienting design, but it's disarming at the same time. And when we do different things with it, and then you put it on your body and go out in a world with it, you're literally like, a knight in some kind of strange armor that the human personality doesn't even have a vocabulary for. So yeah. They're, and if nothing else, they're amusing. They're, they're quite amusing. You uh, between that and the goofy pants that I'm wearing, I think I'm just making people cross-eyed at this point. It's all about personal style. I think going forward, uh, one of these things that you're going to notice is that the people you truly resonate with, the energies you truly resonate with, they're going to have some form of a personal style that they've been able to authentically establish for themselves. And it's just going to have this shininess about it that that sticks out amongst the rest of the, the world and the landscape. So kudos for you know whatever is coming collectively that allows us to go from you know slamming ourselves onto the you know floor and doing what we got to do so like saying oh man i'm i'm like i'm like smelling my own vibe off of something in the world wow that's amazing a familiarity <laughs> uh, i know i'm praying for it uh, uh. I'm just laughing at you smelling your own vibes. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's like when no, you I go you. through I the desert, you. it's literally the desert of yourself. You know, it's like, where's my family? Where's my people? Where's my tribe? Where's this, the, that, you know, and we're all going through it. Obviously there's not a single person or like, Oh man, I got everybody I need right now. And it's just so kittens and puppies right now. Um, of course, Heather says Instagram. he who smelt it dealt it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just had to add. Well, you know, there are certain places you can go online where people are promoting their own kitten puppies weave. Well, you know, hello to the spotlighting of the inverted matrix. You know, that's literally, you know, what we're what we're attempting to uh, dredge from ourselves you know, this this you know vainness of us uh, that we were brought up within um so when you catch yourself in vanity 
Applause, applause, applause. Oh, we do have a hand up. I'd like to yield the floor. Hi, this is Carrie. Um, you know, when we were talking about connections with each other, I just had a thought come through that was just thinking about all the connections I have and that I want to keep with, um, you know, my friends. And I was thinking, you know, I don't think here that we're talking about just connections with other people who feel the exact same way as we do with the narrative, because I do have, I can specifically think of one friend that is very deep in the 3D narrative. And um, somehow she and I are able to connect. And I'm always so surprised at uh, the things we have to talk about. Um, and, and she's open to me and my kids not being jabbed. Um, she chooses, you know, that for herself and her family. Um, but we hold something deep together that is completely um, not within like this, you know, you're in that narrative and I'm in that narrative. I don't know what it is, but it works. And I, I'm just going to leave it at, at that. So I feel that I am very fortunate to have her as a friend. Um, and, um, and then I do have other friends that think the same way I do, but, um, I think that we can all come together um, and it doesn't really matter what our beliefs are as long as these people are going to be open and we see each other for who we really are. Very well said. Absolutely. And it's, it's that, you know, it's only the mind that's going into the narratives anyway. So it sounds like you and your friend have a wonderful heart connection and heart connection, you know, triumphs any belief system. Yeah, really great. And, you know, what I heard there is that there's a sense of dignity, you know, it's like we can hold a sense of dignity or a space for dignity. And, you know, like Marcia said, a lot of these a lot of these things are mental anyways. The idea of something is what separates us and not actually anything substantive. So, uh, you know, kudos to that. And, you know, I think what really is going to be happening is we're going to find that taking place more and more and more where an individual who outwardly, meaning what they look like visually, what they appear to be is completely different from us, but the energy of things will be so familiar. And then they'll, you'll find that they're orientating themselves to things very similarly to you. And that's where you get that familiarity from. It's like a dignity that you get to hold, even though there's this massive separation in your belief systems. Um, and really in the world, if we're going to live in a, in a world where dignity is held everywhere, it's going to be diverse. It's going to be crazy diverse. It's going to be so tantalizing and wonderful and variated because people will be able to do what they fucking want to do because we'll all be holding this mutual respect for each other's beliefs. The rule will be, you know, don't cause any victims, don't cause any harm, and we're okay. 
that's the world that is so simple yet is so you know far away from where we currently are no it's not it's it's actually very close at hand um i guess i guess i don't know how i'm going i don't know how i'm building personally towards that new world oh wait yes i do it's presence Thank you. Marsha already touched on that tonight. There is no secret recipe other than just personal presence. Um, what can we talk about, Marsha, about mana? Where can we find our mana? Is it all come from within? Is there mana in the world? We talked about the trees already. I think just finding in the moment something that's going to bring us joy from whatever direction it's it's coming from and doing what spirit calls uh practicing eyes of beauty i know when i was going through this stage when spirit was trying to teach me about eyes of beauty i was having a really hard time finding any joy in my life and spirit was like well that's good now you get to cultivate joy and uh i remember crossing the parking lot as spirit was kind of downloading me with this information there was just this piece of trash on the ground and spirits like eyes of beauty and and so as soon as i offered myself that perspective, I was able to see all these different layers of divinity to this piece of trash in the parking lot that, you know, I would never would have seen had I been looking through a linear personality perspective, but I had to have the decision to want to have eyes of beauty. I had to want to cultivate joy in a time where joy was not available to me. And um, I think we all have that decision right now kind of in front of us. And with that, uh, does anybody have any additional comments, questions, remarks, epitaphs, poetry, baby photos, kitten photos? Karaoke. Um, I guess what we can do is, you know, put a little deposit in the bank for next week and just put it forward you know suspending grace like we suspend a cup of coffee at a coffee shop just whoever needs one can come in and get one if they ask for it we'll go ahead and suspend some grace for anybody out there who needs it um i think that's really an important aspect of your um inner life is that you know we are all conduits for healing in this world and the tricky thing is is when you're really empathic it's super easy to feel like you're doing the worst in the world when in actuality your worst day is better than a lot of other people's best day but because you don't live with them or see what they're like you don't have anything to compare to all you can do is judge yourself so um suspend a little grace for people out there that you know truly are struggling i mean we say we're struggling but there are people out there that are literally struggling physically um so with that, if anybody else has any comments, questions, Marcia, do you feel like we're coming to a point where we can close the space? I do. Yeah. Just open it up to whatever else is out there with everybody. Well, I would certainly um, gracious for anybody who listens to this after the fact, I really appreciate everybody coming here on uh, in person. 
Uh, again, we have the uh, buy me a coffee uh, opportunity. If someone listens to these and they're like, man, I think I would gain a lot by just feeling the energy in lifetime. You don't necessarily have to participate. You can just feel the what it's like to be on the, on the call. And we got a little chat and um, it's very, very informal. And was very, very like, I don't want to say unprofessional. We try to stay professional, but it's, it's not, it's not stodgy. Try to put it that way. So with that open invitation, what do you think, Marsha? Do you feel like we could close it down? Sounds good to me. Uh, thank everybody for being on the call. I really appreciate you all. I appreciate everybody listening in the beyond. And if you have questions that you want to send our way, please feel free to email us at nashrilibertas at protonmail.com. And uh, we look forward to meeting us, meeting around again in the next bend. Well said. I believe there was one question that was locked into the cannon that um, was posed to us uh, as like a something we can touch on if we got time or want to. I think um, I did kind of go into meditation on that question. That was a lot of what was brought through uh, with regard to the what is the collective experiencing regarding the symptoms of the inverted matrix. Beautiful. All right. Well, guys, I'll go ahead and mute out. We'll go ahead and close down the space. You'll hear the music come on. And we'll uh, meet everybody here next week. I want to say thank you. Thanks again.